Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. Um, I'll jump straight in. It's a, it's another one without Raj. Uh, I'm actually joined today, ahead of our final game of the season, by an old an old friend of mine who also happens to be a Crystal Palace fan, Simon Blue. Hello, hello, Simon. How are you doing? Very well, Jet. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good, thanks, mate. Um, I I would ask just ahead. I didn't actually ask you this off air, so to speak, but. Uh, Given that you do actually know me as a as a real life person and not just a kind of Twitter banter elephant, um, please keep the uh, the personal stories to a minimum if you can. Okay, right. we'll we'll do I, that just just this once. I, c- I couldn't have the uh, the people knowing how boring I really am as a as a person. You know, I, anything I... but that. I, I can vouch for you that you are a real life human being, but we'll keep uh, we'll keep the the other details uh, to a grey minimum, shall we? Yeah, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Um, I, I guess just to uh, to 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 dive straight in, mate. What's the what's the what's the story of of Palace's season so far, sort of top to bottom? Would you say in a in a nutshell, if you like? Okay, well let's uh, let's see here. I mean, I think most people probably know the most recent situation, or um, a casual look at results will say we've lost seven on the bounce. So uh, hard to put gloss. a positive gloss on that one. But believe it or not, that run before that we were being, I think we were actually level with Spurs before that run. So it just shows how quickly it goes from us being. Uh, briefly talked about in mid-June as an outside chance for Europe alongside the likes of Chef Yu to uh, just uh, glad we got the points on the board to avoid our usual relegation battle. So um, I'd say the usual summary would be with Palace don't score enough goals to do anything much more than above, you know, around lower mid-table. Um, but the defence is generally good enough to keep us up. It's interesting that because, I, you know, looking looking at the table, just because I'm obviously really well prepared, um, looking at the table literally seconds before we started recording this, I, I, I did have in the back of my mind that Palace were kind of punching a bit closer to, to Spurs than we were. Is it, is it mainly a product of... Coming back after lockdown, do you think that's that's really affected your form? Are you are you one of the clubs like Sheffield United, who you've mentioned there, who have yeah. kind of had that downturn post COVID? Should we say? Well, we're well, still in the middle of COVID, aren't well, we? Well, yeah, yeah. If it's uh, yeah, we may be waiting a long time if we, our form has to wait till that's all done and dusted. Uh, I don't know what league we'll be in by then, but um, yeah, I'd say the weird thing about that is we won that first game back um, away to Bournemouth, which admittedly, you know, Bournemouth not not doing much, but it, we seem to come out firing. And then literally since then, um, 
I think the honest truth is, like when you're a team like us with the the squad we've got, like we're now playing what two games a week has been the the rule. So, if you're a sort of one of the smaller squads, you just get, you know, those those injuries really cause a problem for us. Um, and we've lost the the goal scoring's kind of just stayed the usual problem. But we're suddenly conceding two or three goals all over the place. So we've really suffered without Cahill, Tomkins, who's very underrated by anyone outside Palace, um, and a few other defenders. Um, and weirdly, Benteke, who obviously much maligned, he, he got himself sent off after full time in a game against Villa um, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Um, and what happened there? So... We well, basically, I was watching it on TV as you have to these days, and I could see him getting wound up by um, one of the Villa defenders. One, of, I think it, maybe it was Mings, um, got wound up in about the 95th minute, and then they sort of finished the match, cut to the ad break, and when they came back, they said he'd been sent off. So it's pretty obvious he'd uh, uh, he'd had a little kick out or something in front of the ref after full time. So that got him. Uh, suspended right through till the end of the season. So that has not helped us because although Benteke is um, clearly not a goals man, um, he actually has become one of those people, a bit like sort of old era for a time with Heskey at England where he actually became quite, has become quite important as a hold-up man for us. And, you know, Zaha and Ayub and people do actually tick a lot more when he's in there just because, you know, he's, he's got, he can do other things for the team. He he has got a bit of needle about him, Benteke. I think he he had a similar sort of thing with Ryan Mason a few years ago, and Ryan Mason. Was yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Something like that, a little like off ball face slap or something. Just one of those stupid red cards that you think like, why why have you done that? You know, obviously I wasn't complaining at the time. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I was he, Hodgson was furious, as you can imagine, with this. Um, it's literally the last thing you need when you're already on a bad run. And pretty much your main number nine um, get does something like that and goes out for the the rest of the season. Because as he touched, you know, he has been having a bit of a renaissance at the moment, hasn't he? Because he he obviously sort of got found out a bit. I I don't really like sort of saying that. I think it just didn't really work out for him going to Liverpool, did it? And then he sort of disappeared for quite a while after that. But I think people sort of forget like when he when he first. Sort of was breaking through with Villa and stuff. He 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 looked like a really really good player. Spurs were linked to him for a long time as well, and would have been really happy to sign him. So I can imagine yeah, if you're even. He wasn't one of those players who would just sort of have one good season. You know, this is a guy who's probably had maybe four seasons where he's produced with the goals in the Premier League. And as I said, yeah, he's not done that for us since his first season with us when he got about 17, which is pretty good in a team like us. Um, but yeah, since then, it's not happened. But I've just, you know, the irony is just in the last few weeks, I think Palace fans would say he was really proving his worth to the team because weirdly, before this run of seven in a row losing, we'd won the previous four before that without conceding a goal. And he'd been a big part of that. So yeah, I mean... Yeah, it just shows, doesn't it? I mean, what sort of team goes from winning four in a row without letting one in to then immediately seven in a row without without a point? It's uh, seriously streaky stuff. Saying the answer to that question is 
Crystal Palace. <laughs> uh... I've got to say, I would defend the boys on one thing that, um, which I think you know, leading towards talking about the game on Sunday, um, I wouldn't think you know, I don't think this is your classic case of um, a team on on the beach who uh, just you know toned it in. I don't like. I've not seen anything to suggest they just they're not putting in the effort. It is a lack of quality, but also. I wouldn't be massively surprised if we gave you a game because when we've played Man U and Chelsea in the last two or three weeks, we've been at least the equal in performance to both Chelsea and Man U. Um, I don't know, you probably didn't see either of those. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think um, fairly unbiased as I can be to say, you know, we, we, we've just had that weird thing which you get now with VAR that early in the season when we were doing pretty well, we were getting a few marginal decisions and every single one of those is going against us the last sort of month or so. So it's these fine margins, isn't it? Well, I mean, you say that, but Palace generally always have given Spurs a game, really. And when I kind of think about the past few years, it's it's usually taken like a sort of last-minute winner, really, in a, in a lot of instances for... Suppose I think obviously there was the Delhi Alley one when yeah, yeah, but... Ali kind of announced himself, and then I think even the season after that was it Son scored a late goal. And I think you're right perhaps... about the run because yeah, I, I was at, certainly remember the Delhi Alley game. I was at Selhurst for that one, and uh, yeah, I, I think Lamella scored a world in that one as well. It was uh, yeah, that was a classic one where we'd uh, I think we were sort of one all or something late on and hit the bar and then you guys scored two in the last ten minutes and but there was some weird stat vaguely remember where you guys had set the record I think for the most times winning this fixture in a row with the same scoreline so something like since then you'd won it like one nil I think it was always one nil seven times a row in a row or something ridiculous like that so yeah we're always in it um, but not a lot to show for it. In terms of where you are kind of finishing this season, because like, like you say, it's kind of, you're not having your, whatever you say, like a, a relegation fight at the end of the season. You are sort of ending quite comfortably in the Premier League. Yeah, just about. As, as a safe team, yeah. I mean, isn't that progress? Of sorts. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I really am. I'm, I'm genuinely trying not to sound like patronising. No, here, no, it, no. It's a good, you know, it's a it, fair it's... question. I think that it is. Do you know what? It's like it is progress in a way because you know we were looking good for our record points total um, in the Premier League era until this run. So you can't just ignore that. Um, I'm not one of those fans who just will, you know, react completely to what I've seen for. The most recent games, like Hodgson's done a great job. Um, you, you, you know, any reasonable Palace fan would say he's he's done a, as much as he could. I mean, you have to realise, yeah, you, we couldn't have done any more with a team who last summer. I think the last two or three windows, we basically more or less we barely spent a penny. We last summer we sold Wan-Bissaka to Man U for fifty million, didn't buy any new fullback. Um, and then we brought we 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 had IU in loan, and then we spent the two million on him last summer. So what's two million nowadays is basically like a free, isn't it? Um, and everyone thought that was a bad idea, to be perfectly honest. And then he's got sort of nine, ten goals for that two million, which is 
you know, fantastic. I'm feeding off scraps, by the way, most of the time. So I yeah. guess the point is that, yeah, like there's no doubt that if we actually, if Hodgson um, was given, uh, we need one or two proper creative midfielders and, you know, obviously another striker. But, you know, I think defensively, we don't concede more goals. Even with this run, we're sort of similar to your sort of Spurs's um, in terms of how many goals are conceded. And I know you guys, until recently, haven't been getting a l enough clean sheets as well. So, but yeah, there's, there's, it's that thing, isn't it? If you get, you know what it's like, I, I suppose how you would have felt for a long time with Pochettino, isn't it? It's like, it's a rare thing when you get a manager that most of the supporters are behind. Um, and then it's frustrating if you then don't see uh, that manager always getting the players he needs at the time to make the most of that. I guess that's sort of one thing in a way we've had a bit in common at times. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and that's kind of always going to be the caveat that kind of hangs over everything that we've seen with Pochettino and to a, to a latter degree. It's why it's kind of made seeing what Liverpool are doing now quite painful in a respect yeah. there's a there's a sort of air of bitterness there in the you know it's, it's not to take I, I don't really buy into taking anything away from Klopp in the whole kind of sense that he spent loads of money because he has but you have to really to compete at the top end of the table especially yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. against like monoliths like Manchester City and such now who just have endless pots of money um I mean, I know you can point at like Leicester's and stuff, can't you? As that aberration, but we we've seen the past, however many years, Spurs and Liverpool kind of been neck and neck fighting out for the yeah, yeah. similar kind of positions, and then there just came that point when their owners were like, "Right, what do you need to really take that next step up?" And they brought in Van Dijk, Allison, Keita, a few other names, and they are where they are, and slowly we saw Spurs just sort of fall by the wayside. But uh, looping back to sort of what I asked you there, it's just I, I do find it quite interesting how, I don't know, fan expectation and everything just shifts so quickly because Spurs are now looking at, although we had a very rocky start to the season with Pochettino and everything, that happened with the sort of demise of the the Pochettino era, if you like. Yeah. Um, and that sort of transition, rocky transition into uh, Mourinho's tenure, which seems to be starting to settle a bit now. We, we've come back from the restart. We've looked pretty decent. Um, I, 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 I don't know how you feel, but I personally feel a lot of the, the rhetoric around how, quite how boring we've been a, a bit overstated, to be honest. Well, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I, I, you know, I, I mean, it's been all right. I think, and I don't know, at the risk of making myself very unpopular on a Spurs podcast, I think that from my point of view, I've had a bit of banter with another Spurs mate about this lately, is that... Another Spurs mate? Who, yeah, who I, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I know. They're, they're, not all of them have podcasts, it's weird, but... Um, I feel like you know they all should have if, one. If you, if you had a if you had a look through, mate, you'd be surprised. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Per per capita, Spurs have the most podcasts going. Maybe that says something about us. I don't know. 
He's got, I think, yeah, my mate, this other guy, he's got, I think he's going to make that his niche, actually, is the only one who doesn't have a podcast. I think he thinks he can uh, do something with that. But, um, yeah, I, I think the truth is, to answer your question, my, as a sort of non, uh, you know, I've done this sports website for a number of years, for like nine years, and I have to say, overall, it's been very, it's been, I've, I've been, overall, Spurs have been one of the teams I've backed the most because down the years... The bookies have sort of generally underrated Spurs a lot, so I say that as my caveat before I uh, lay in slightly. In that, I just think I'm mean, interested to hear your view on this because I think to answer your question is that yeah, you weren't as bad as people were saying like a month or so ago, and uh, you know some of these early early Mourinho results. But equally, I don't think you know you're as good as say three 0 against Leicester suggests or. Um, probably the Newcastle game. I didn't watch the Newcastle game, but I guess as someone who sort of puts a little bit in stats, I think if you do consider, obviously any team that continues to carry down on the trend of conceding sort of 20, 25 goals, sorry, 20, 25 shots a match, um, I think over the two, that Newcastle and um, uh, Leicester game, it was like nearly 50 shots and letting one goal. So that's great credit to the defence like Mourinho's got something out of them the last three games, but as a bit of a stat man, that to me just seems a bit unsustainable. But I don't know what your take is on that. I think it's 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 interesting you say that because in, in both of those games, I I found that like the quality of the chances that both of those teams have created is some is somewhat beguiled by those stats. Yeah, that that's sense. fair. That is fair. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I do agree to an extent. And I, I do think that, like with Leicester in particular, and probably as we've seen over the past few years now, and such is just the joy of having a player like him, is that we are sometimes just rescued by moments of brilliance from Harry Kane, you know, and some of the other good players that we have, and that's, I would say, yeah, because I, you know, I definitely know what you're saying about uh, we we're maybe not as good as three nil against Leicester would say, because that's that's kind of throwing back to sort of sixteen, seventeen Spurs. Leicester have more than held their own. They're they're a good side. They're you know they're suffering with a lot of injury problems like Spurs were before the break. Um, and I think my sort of my my wider point about all this was that you know we're we're on course to finish sixth, which for the for the majority of my life as a Spurs fan, is a solid, decent finish for Tottenham. Really, yeah, yeah. Um, we've we've kind of been blessed a bit these past few years, having Pochettino in charge and him, and and as well the squad that he had at his disposal. He sort of partly built and also partly inherited, um, and we've probably punched. A, well, no, we've definitely punched above our level at least in terms of where Spurs have classically set themselves in the Premier League era. Um and it's it's just it's quite hard to I think anyway from where I am to, to really see where we are at the moment. Yeah. Um and what I think further kind of compounds that is it's hard to really know or see where Mourinho is as an individual as well at the moment because We've seen him 
have relative mild success at Manchester United. And that, that does sound ridiculous to say of somebody that's secured a major European trophy and a, a few other, maybe an FA Cup, is it? Or a League well, Cup? Well, they finished second, didn't they? I think for his yeah. first season, which is, you know, got brushed under the carpet a fair bit. It's fair to say that that looked pretty decent in hindsight. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, it doesn't, uh, you know, I, I you, you can see why people draw the conclusion that he's yesterday's man because, you know, albeit it feels, uh, it's twinged. Tinged, should I say, with a with a hint of ageism. So I'm going to say there's a there's an there's an element of he's not as young as he used to be. So he's definitely yesterday's man. But we we saw with great managers before, like Alex Ferguson, they went through those kind of flux periods of looking a bit dated, yeah. and then taking a step back and actually managing to reinvent himself. Um, and you know, I'd, I'd say I'd, Ferguson is. One of, if not probably the the greatest yeah. manager you know, you've ever seen, um, but to to suggest that Mourinho isn't kind of punching at that level, perhaps is maybe not fair on him. I don't know. It's it's just it's very hard. It's very hard to know what Spurs are and where we're going and what we what we can aspire to to be really. And uh, in in a strange way, I'm actually I'm actually quite enjoying it because. I, with Pochettino, I think we're so emotionally invested in everything that that project and even just the individuals involved within it, the personnel, was about that every loss or every sort of dodgy result or draw felt like an absolute catastrophe. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the moment, it's a bit like, ah, well, you know, we're sort of a team that's all right. Maybe we can get Champions League and... Our manager's a bit of a dick, so I don't really care that much, you know. But yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 you know, I, 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 bas- I know I've been a bit, yeah. I realise my point is there to be shot at on the shots and stuff, and um, I agree. Like, you can't argue with it. The fact that now his record is what, like, since his take, if the what, if the table had begun when he took over, you'd be top four, right? So. Um, I you can't think really. We're just outside of it now. I can't, no, I can't remember. It, it seems to keep getting updated, but Arsenal and Spurs seem to keep sort of leapfrogging. Right. One yeah. So I think that's 
well, yeah, I heard that claim the other day. But you know, it, from where you like, admittedly, yeah, from what he took over was it wasn't going great, was it at that no, point? No, not at all. So relegation you, form, it was genuine. Like, I don't know if you saw our game against Brighton, but blimey, was that the three nil? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, so I've given credit, and I think it'll be remain to be seen. At the moment, it feels like. He, he gets a bit of credit for starting to bring some clean sheets and then relying on the individual brilliance of your sort of front three. I should say on that, because I know when you and I have had talked uh, off air before, I remember this stuck in my head how you weren't the biggest fan of, um, last I heard anyway, the biggest fan of Mora. And I was like, wow, I think as someone who supports a smaller club, the idea of having a guy who's got a Champions League hat-trick in the semi-final not being a pretty much god status no matter what I found that quite uh quite hard to get my head around so you've gone up in your estimation a bit now no I no not really mate I mean it to be to be brutally honest with you the past couple of games he has because he's actually played really well and he seems to be in a bit of a I mean again it's very very early days but it seems to suggest that he's in a bit of a period of reinvention under Mourinho in uh, in that he's not so much just an attacking outlet anymore. He seems to have found his feet being a real kind of hard worker, tracking back, doing a lot of tackling and doing a lot of sort of, you know, um, harrying, pressing and stuff in the final, in the final third. Um like his defensive game is just, it seems bizarrely good and his sort of range of passing is coming on a lot. But yeah, I mean, I'll always hold fondness for more of a, the sort of Champions League heroics and everything that he did. It's, it's more just that he feels like a bit of a player of a, of a bygone era. He, he seems like the type of Brazilian that in the 90s would have been absolutely incredible. You would have seen him playing in Spain or somewhere like that where perhaps was a bit less of a... I don't know, a time when tactics and such were, were a bit less rigid and football felt a bit, a bit a bit more fluid. It was a bit less kind of analytical, a bit less statistical, a bit less money-balled or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not even in Spain, like in, in the Premier League, where, where you kind of felt that players are a bit more free to express themselves. But when we're... It's especially under Pochettino, it felt that when we were actually sort of trying to play with something of a plan, that Mora uh, just didn't didn't really like being restricted. He's a great, I think he's a great impact sub, um, or at least in, in in that time he he's somebody who, if it's seventy five minutes and we're struggling to break a team down, and you see him warming up on the sideline, then you think, ah, oh, quality. You know, Moore is coming on; he can do something here. Yeah. But it's generally like if you start with him, you think, ah, oh, he's just he's going to get in the way, or he's he's just going to run about and not really do anything. Um, which he does tend to do quite often. And I, I'd I'd sort of be interested to know from you how Wilf Zaha's done. This season, because I've I've always really quite liked Zaha, um, and I've always I, I don't know I've always felt it's quite a shame that we've never managed to get that one over the line, and I, I still wonder if we if we ever will. How how old is he now? I think he's I think he's twenty seven now. Um, well, yeah, I 
do you know what? I feel, as you can imagine, as a Bows fan, you think about uh, the Zaha situation quite a bit. And genuinely, I wish we'd sold him last summer. And I, I said that, I think, at the time. And nothing is... Well, I think that more now than ever because he... Um, he hasn't had a good season with us. There's no two ways around that. Um, and I think the biggest change is that he is, you can tell in his body language that he doesn't want to be there. Like if his, um, he gets more frustrated now by the uh, treatment he gets from other, you know, opposing team players and opposing fans. He gets more upset by that stuff than he ever used to. And he's been with us, you know, apart from his, brief little time at uh, Man U and stuff. He's been seen him for the better part of a decade. And it's really a shame to see a guy who's just, he wanted to leave last summer. I think in the end, we got a decent offer from him. Admittedly, that was Everton. So I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve better than Everton, but I would have been delighted if he'd gone to Spurs because, you know, at the time we could have probably, we were looking at getting 60 million plus a decent player or something. Now, we're not going to get anything like that from now with everything that's happened. We all know the market's going to be all over the place this summer and stuff. So, um, yeah, he's either going to go on the cheap um, or we're going to dig our heels in and he's going to get more and more upset. Um, he's a, is he's it a final he's, year of his contract? No, well, this is the thing. He's got three years or something. So he signed, he, he signed a long deal in, what, maybe 2018? And so, yeah, like five-year deal or something. So we, we've got him under contract for years. But I think it was always one of those where you got the impression it was like, OK, you sign for us now and we'll make sure we get a good price. Um, you know, we're not going to stop you going to a top six club or something in summer of 2019. And then yeah. what happened is the offers didn't come in from the big clubs, um, the really big clubs. Everton put a serious bid in. Now, and the, uh, the rumour was that Arsenal in the end chose, in the end went for Pepe in a sort of straight choice between their... Ivorian wingers um, and didn't put in the offer. So I think if Arsenal or Spurs put in a big offer, you know, last summer, they would have got him, is my feeling. Um, but I think from a selfish, you know, Palace point of view, just the club, we should have, um, we should have taken any offer that Zaha was willing to accept um, that was in that sort of plus 60 million and start rebuilding because we're far too dependent. We're, we're massively unbalanced as a team because obviously everyone knows you know, the, the sort of rotational fouling that happens is what really winds him up. Um, and every club in the Premier League knows that's how you deal with Palace. Because he just, he just seems like there's there's a real touch of class. And I, I, it, it echoes, I guess, really quite a bit of like what you were saying about your sort of frustration with him this season pretty much what we had the past sort of season and a half or so with somebody like Christian Eriksen. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess it would be yeah, similar. You, you know he's a brilliant player and that's, that's kind of what annoys you more. It's it's not that they've suddenly turned turned bad. You, you, yeah. could just, you just knew that Eriksen didn't really want to play for Spurs anymore. And, I, you know, I think quite a few people took that quite personally and everything, but I think, you know, we're all... I, I don't know. It's easy to fall back into the well. They get paid loads, so get yeah. on with it. But every, yeah, everyone's everyone's human, aren't they? Ultimately, and sometimes you just want to change the scenery. You want to sort of challenge yourself in a different environment. And 
I think they're probably there's probably quite a few similarities between Ericsson and Zaha in that. But he's always I think the thing for Zaha is because Spurs are I mean, if you think about it, our our record signing is Ndombele, <laughs> which yeah. uh I mean he was about sixty million. Um and I think like Palace, like you say, you you you'd have wanted sixty plus mil for Zaha and I think yeah. that's always mainly been the stumbling block with Spurs because we're just, yeah, just yeah. not going to spend that amount of money on a player. It's just not going to happen. Um, well, so, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it's yeah, I could talk to you all day about the fact that I always think it's weird that there's not more sort of um, cash plus decent player bids that come in because, like, someone like Spurs or any of the big six clubs traditionally would have. For a club like Palace, if you were putting 40, 40 or 50 million on the table and then someone who's seen as a expendable into the mix but could still be like one of Palace's best players, I, I always think that's... I, I sort of expect transfers to go more down that route and they never do. Maybe that will change now if the money's going to be a problem this summer. But, yeah, like that. just to be clear, I don't think, yeah, Zaha, as you say, he, he deserves to go. He deserves a crack at a big club and, you know, hopefully in the Champions League. And most Palace fans would say that. He's, you know, he's been a major reason for keeping us up for seven seasons. And, you know, that's a record for us and so on. And, yeah, I, I think it's a shame because his goal return this season isn't going to make anyone want to uh, put in that sort of big bid. But, you know, to me, it'd be totally believable that it, wherever he went next, he could suddenly put in a, a huge season. I guess moving on sort of closer to where we find ourselves today. Um, do you, I mean, looking forward to next season, I think, do you think Hodgson is the right man to kind of take Palace forwards to see you progress as a club, to see you potentially becoming the type of club that maybe somebody like Wolves are now who are punching. I, I think Wolves are probably overperforming a little bit. I know they're kind of the darlings at the moment, but that's my hot take is that I think they are sort of overperforming a little bit. Mm. Um, well, but yeah, I think I... They're, they're, they're a solid candidate for sort of like the top eight, aren't they really? Yeah, oh, uh, I, yeah absolutely, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I'd, I'd love us to be like Wolves, to be honest, because, yeah, we, we need to bring that, that... They're a good example of their spending in the last two, three years, even when they're in the Championship compared to Palace. Like, we were spending quite a bit a few years ago, but now we're yeah. looking at expanding the stadium. Um, that's all shut down. This, again, all sounds very familiar to you. Um, but uh, it's... <laughs> um, the uh, Yeah, like, Hodgson, 100% is the right man. Like, there's no one who could be getting more out of the, a team working on a bit of a shoestring by Premier League standards um, and yeah give him some money and see what he can do because I always would say well, you know the guy's proven at clubs like us what he did at Fulham getting them to a European final and seventh in the league I mean unbelievable like you know forget what he's done at England or Liverpool the guy is absolutely as good as you get at that sort of next level of club I think and he does he does carry a real pedigree you know he's, he's managed some some big teams and he was he was a few years ago seen as a real sort of innovator he was a bit of a the first sort of should we say hipster manager that i can remember in terms of like english fans sort of seemingly warming to an english manager who was plying his trade abroad and seemed to have a quite a continental 
technical approach to to what, it, what he was trying to achieve anyway a lot of the time. I mean, I remember quite a few people being quite happy with the fact that he got the England manager's gig and it, it just seems a shame that the past few years, and I think it is that poison chalice of taking the England manager's job and then going on to a club like Liverpool where he's he's unfortunately found himself in that kind of like echelon of, dare I say, almost like banter figures within football, which really isn't particularly fair. I mean, again, another player you sort of mentioned earlier, I, I find it quite strange when I see like, especially a lot of younger football fans, because of the FIFAification, should we say, of a lot of football, how Emil Heskey is somebody who's like a real figure of fun nowadays. But I sort of look back on Emil Heskey as being a, a really, really good player, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's people um, people oversimplify things, don't they? I mean, yeah, Heskey was definitely... He, he brought a lot to the teams he played for. And, yeah, I mean, I think anyone who's... I I just think yeah Hodgson deserves it. like I think he generally gets a lot of credit. People in the game and stuff. You hear people like Danny Murphy talking. He absolutely raves about him being his manager at Fulham. And you know Danny Murphy obviously played for big clubs um, with big managers. And he's just you know he says it. I think the thing is he said that it's very it could be it could be a bit dull at first the way he drills a team. But you know you know what players generally don't care about that when they start seeing the best results they've had in a long time off the back of it how do you think you're going to uh, line up on the weekend mate final game of the season against the the mighty Tottenham Hotspur um, I think we'll have because we're just like going through centre backs now we lost another one in midweek so I'd like to see Martin Kelly brought in because he's always steady, but I don't think he will come in um, but yeah we'll we'll have our strongest team out that we've got because we haven't got you know, we're sort of five or six out at the moment. Um, I think we'll have pretty familiar looking back and middle. Um, our non-goal scoring midfield will be in full force. Um, I think Milivojevic is out. And then Zaha, Ayu and Townsend up the middle. Um, so, yeah, I think, do you know what? I guess if you want to, I'm going to have to go in a minute, but the um, the if you a prediction in terms of, if you want one for me would be, First goal, definitely, maybe not the bravest, but genuinely the first goal, whoever scores wins the game. Because I think Palace have got a great record when they score first this season. I don't think they've lost a game when they've scored first. But our record is almost just as bad when we, in reverse, when we do concede first. Could be time for Andros to come back and haunt us a lot. I think it, well, he scored a penalty against Spurs before, hasn't he? But he's yeah, he's never really done that well against Spurs. No, I do love I do love Andros. I do love him, but he's not had the best season. I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of his as well. Yeah, but uh, all right. Well, I won't take any more of your time, mate, because I I appreciate that you said you uh, only had a, a set window. And I'll, yeah, I'll sorry, mate. That, I'd love but... to chat all day, but you know what it's like. Uh, yeah. Other people I, yeah. want you to get on with your yeah. jobs and stuff. It's frustrating, but <laughs> you'd love to chat all day, but you just find me an inherently boring man. So I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll take yeah, that on the chin, yeah. mate. You've, you you've, know. Re, you've rephrased that in a major way, but uh, take it how you will, Jack. I, I've, uh, I, I look forward to uh, reflecting on your one nil defeat in a in a few days. Sorry, in your one nil, your standard one nil victory in a few days' time.
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.